There are no special people, there are special minds, and the mind becomes developed over a period of time. That insight comes from David Goggins in his discussion with James Altucher on The James Altucher Show. Keep listening for more mind-blowing wisdom from these two men on why you don't want to die with greatness still in you, what reflecting on the past can do to remind you of the badass you truly are, and how getting outside your comfort zone every single day makes you a better, more resilient human. It's Tracy. Thanks for being here. And welcome to another replay of the day on this episode of Invisible You, a podcast for women over 40 living courageously. Is it weird that I feature a lot of guys on a podcast for women over 40? Especially someone like David Goggins, ex-Navy SEAL and all-around man's man. Yeah, I've asked myself this question a time or two, and after many hours of soul-searching and thoughtful contemplation, I finally come to the conclusion that, duh, they're hot. And us girls kind of get our kicks somewhere. So the other less relevant answer, in my opinion, is that I had two dominant masculine forces as role models growing up and into adulthood. My dad and my ex-husband, which means I have a pretty healthy, maybe not so healthy appreciation for the strong, confident type. And that also carries over to the women on the show. If you remember the accidental icon, Hilary Swank, Jane Fonda, Shalane Johnson, all ass kickers in their own right. But it's also one of the reasons why, for now, it's safer for me to admire from afar. I talk a good game, but I still have some what Goggins would call mental hardening to do before getting into a relationship that has the potential to jeopardize both my autonomy and independence that I've worked oh so hard for. And maybe it seems strange to connect independence with a relationship, but from personal experience, there's nothing more soul-crushing than feeling like someone else holds the reins of your life. And I don't ever want to lose myself to another human being again. We all want a sense of control or agency over our life while still enjoying the benefits of connection and intimacy that we get as a couple. But I need to feel that I can express myself honestly and openly without fear, judgment, or ridicule from my partner. So yeah, that can't ever be allowed to happen again. And I consider it my duty, no, my responsibility to myself to make sure it doesn't. And a quick PSA, public service announcement. (laughs) Please allow my tale of woe to prevent that same movie from coming to a theater near you. In other words, don't make the same mistake I did. In case you're unfamiliar with David, let me introduce you. The man absolutely oozes self-discipline and mental toughness. Every time I hear him speak or read his book, which I've read two or three times now, he gets no less inspiring and motivating than the last. And that inspiration and motivation, it feels great in the moment. It can be that driving force that gets me to take action, especially in the beginning when starting is so freaking hard. Unfortunately, it lasts just that, a moment. And for him, it ended when he was running the Hurt 100. And body fluids were also running out of his every orifice. With 30 miles left to go, 
So what happens when all that motivation's gone? Well, in his case, he had to dig deep and just put one foot right in front of the other in order to finish that race. Now, for those of us who have had kids and understand that urgent need to cross our legs whenever we laugh, sneeze, cough, we probably shouldn't be doing any running or jumping anyway. I mean, why does no one tell you about these things? Why is everything such a freaking secret? I knew about shrinkage before leakage, courtesy of Elaine and Seinfeld. And no, it's nothing to do with laundry. So, you know, you got that to look forward to, which is nice. But at least kids don't worry about that. <laughs> I remember being at my daughter's soccer practice one time and just looking over at the kids or playing on the playground. And I see a sweet little boy, maybe three pants pulled down to his ankles, bare butt in the air, just standing there like he just don't care and peeing right in the middle of the mulch next to the slide where all the other kids are climbing up and down, totally oblivious to what's going on around them. But as I get a little closer, I think, you know, I know that butt. It's one I've wiped many times over the years. And the kid attached to it, well, you guessed it, he belongs to me. But you can bet your ass I wasn't about to cop to it. I sat there with all the other moms like, I am so glad that's not my kid. Am I right? <laughs> Our saving grace, he only had to pee. And this was before we had all the doggy bag stations that in hindsight could probably be used for double duty, pun intended. So I'm not necessarily running any physical races like David, but I'm definitely in the marathon of life, just like everyone else. And it's exactly how I feel most of the time. Like I'm on a literal deadline. Halfway through with still a ton to do and always thinking about my next steps. Unfortunately, I find myself, unlike David, hard pressed to make them. Why can't I be like Nike and just do it? What happened to that motivation I felt when I first started? It drives me nuts. Because for the first time ever, I have expectations for myself. And when I don't meet them or I feel stuck, that's when the anxiety builds, I can't sleep, my stomach's in knots, and I find myself just spinning my wheels because my brain is so freaking busy that my body just stops. And it's when I know I need a major reset and some copious amounts of self-care, which is where awareness, self-compassion, and discipline come into play. Being aware that what I'm going through is totally normal and it's actually to be expected when it comes to change, but it doesn't mean that I should quit. It just means I need to have more compassion for where I am at this point in my journey. Along with the discipline to use the tools I've learned about and lean on in the past to support and move me forward at whatever pace I'm able, as long as I don't stay stuck. And isn't it always the way that when we don't feel like doing something, it's the time we need to do it most? For me, that means all the things, gratitude, journaling, getting outside, asking for help and leaning on others, meditating, and a really big one right now that's been a challenge for me during the winter blues is exercise because I literally want to move through all my shit. Well, what's it mean for you? Do you have a gratitude practice? Because to get more of what you want, you gotta appreciate what you have, right? How about what our friend Dr. Huberman says about light and depression? Are you getting the all-natural stuff at least once a day on most days? Are you moving your body as well strengthening your mind? 
because we need to do both. And creating some structure where these habits and routines become a daily discipline can help you do just that. So what we do in life a lot of times is we put another person, another human being. Yeah, there's some people who have great genetics and whatnot. I'm not saying that, but there are no special people. There's special minds. And the mind becomes developed over a period of time. I became obsessed with the human mind and human potential. Obsessed with it because I started realizing I came from this horrible fucking place. And I had, I had all this potential? How the fuck is that? I mean, how is that possible? But a lot of us die with untapped and undiscovered potential for several reasons. I can't explain why. I can explain why for me, but we all must go back through that process. Well, well, I think, I think you do explain it, though, in the book um, with the 40% rule. So, so basically, your brain, which is not the brain you call you know, the, governor the governor of your life, the brain is not, is is on your side, but but oddly is not necessarily the smartest ally you have. Hundred percent. So so when when you kind of hit forty percent capacity, your brain is saying, you know, you know, whoa, David, let's let's slow it down now. You might you might get in trouble. That's right. So so your point is, your body and your mind, and let's just separate out the mind from the brain for a second. Your body and your mind can handle you know up to a hundred percent. Right. But the brain is going to start screaming. It's going to start, hey, telling your organs, hey, break down so David doesn't go That's further. That's a true statement. So, so a lot of it is just figuring out how to kind of break through the barriers that the brain is putting in front of you. Right. It's a whole process that, but it's different for everybody. And, and so to get to that 99.9% that you're looking for, the 100% you're looking for, it takes a long process. It takes actually examining yourself. Because so it's what, examining yourself in the present, which is what you say before, like look back at your right. accomplishments, look back at not just the accomplishments, but the times you've gone over fear, look at how your day is spent. And is this maximizing you towards, you know, life improvement? It's this 40% rule acknowledging that uh, you're not at capacity and you could be pushing it more. It's this idea that you could kind of, you should practice getting out of the comfort zone at least once a day or more. What else? It's huge reflection. It's huge reflection on what you overcome. Like, so in the hardest time of your life today, let's say today you hit rock bottom. Something happens to you where today is the hardest time of your life. I guarantee it's not. What we do and what our mind does, it has a great way of trapping us in today where we forget all the life training. Life's the, life is the most amazing training ground ever, ever. But we don't look at it that way. So we forget all the shit we've gone through. So our mind gets obsessed and it gets all wigged out and it gets all crazy and spastic about, oh my God, I lost my job. I lost this. I lost everything. Right now, today, this is where it's at today. So what we, so this 40% rule, a big part about this, not this, uh, uh, one of the steps in this is we have to be able to reflect. So even the toughest man in the world, we forget how badass we truly are in times of need. So what I'm saying is you must go back when you're in the worst spot of your life and reflect, oh, I can fucking get through this shit. Why? Because in 1992, this and this and this, that was the worst year of my life. Well, it's interesting to me because the first, like I hit a rock bottom at one point, let's say when I lost all my money, lost 
my first marriage, the whole thing. And I was scared, had no one to talk to, whatever. But it took a long time because that was the first time I really felt like I was hitting a rock bottom. I didn't, you know, wasn't abused as a kid, kind of had an, not that I had a super easy life, but this was definitely a rock bottom for me. I thought, oh, it's over. Right. I've lost everything. This has never happened to me before. It took like a good seven, eight years to kind of get over that shame and, and figure out how to overcome. Now, this it happened again. It took maybe three years. It happened again. It took maybe one year. That's right. So each time it took shorter and shorter. But I wonder if there was a way to short circuit that first. I regret the seven years it took to overcome the first time. There's a, a definite, definite. So what happened to you was this. Sometimes in life, the way you grew up, is sometimes counterproductive to how your mind is thinking at that time. If you've never suffered and never suffered deeply, never experienced deep failure, any of that shit, and then you experience it for the first time, it could be 20, 30 years. You're 30 years old. I was 30 years old. Think about <laughs> that. You, your mind should be what people think mature. Your mind is not mature because you're fucking age. Doesn't happen that way. There's 70 fucking year old people who haven't matured yet because life just happened to be good. But at 70, bam, their daughter dies. Fuck, what the hell happened? I was lucky enough. And this is how I look at my life. I was lucky enough to where I experienced so much hell, so much failure, so much everything that whenever it hits me, I get through it. Right. And so. I agree with you. Like, and I think. So, how can you get through it not experiencing any of that shit, right? Right. That's what, because now I could have that viewpoint. Right. Particularly if I'm affected financially or emotionally or whatever, I feel like I could fall back on, oh, been there, done that, I can handle this. If I broke down in a 100 mile race, I couldn't do it. Right. But, but again, those first, that first time, and I was, I was 32, and, and then seven years moaning about it afterwards. And that's why I wrote the book. Why? Because even for those people who have a great life, you need to read this book because it's going to teach you what having a great life is not going to teach you. It teaches you, you have to individually, by yourself, come outside your comfort zone and train. So I don't train for a race. People will get it all fucking wrong. I'm training for life. So, so, so how do you, let's say someone is 60 years old. Yep. They're not going to train for a race. It's, right. They don't, it's not their thing. That's not their whatever. thing. Right. Um, what are some other ways to even think about stepping out of the comfort zone every day? Very easy. So let's say you're 60 years old and your main thing now is I'm retired. Great life. Things are great. Start waking up early in the morning. At a time that is a time that, why am I doing this? I'm retired. I think the why is important because you kept asking throughout the book, why am I doing this at your worst moment? That's right. And if you don't have the answer to that question, you will never get to the end of it. But maybe the answer is simply, David Goggin said, get out of the comfort zone every day. Well, the answer is this. The answer is you have to start preparing your, your, your mind for life. That's the why. That's in and my, what, what I did is different from everybody else's. Like that 60-year-old person, I just suggest start having a very disciplined, regimented life. 
What that means is, yeah, still enjoy it. You're retired, whatever. But you're always in, I call it boot camp. So in boot camp in the military, they make it extremely hard. They make it to the point where you become almost a robot. You become very disciplined. And all you think about in boot camp is getting the fuck out of boot camp. I cannot wait for this to end because I want my life back. I took a lot from boot camp and going through Navy SEAL training. What, what I took from is our mind wants to find the graduation so fast. I want to graduate. This mm. sucks. I want to get through this. There's, you are the sharpest you've ever been in your life when you're in boot camp. You're, mil- you're, you're dressing the parents, your, your bunk, your hospital corners, 45 degree angles. Your, your, your rollback fold is six inches. It's a, it's a dollar bill. Your, your pillow, your shoes, you look the best. You're the sharpest. Your essay, which is your situational awareness, is the best it's ever been. Why the fuck do you want to get out of boot camp so badly? Why? You're the best person you've ever been in your fucking life. But it's hell to be on every day of your life. Your mind wants a break. So what I'm saying is this. You have to develop a little mini boot camp. Whatever that is for you. So getting up a little early. A little earlier. Making sure your house is a lot cleaner. If you left a dish in there, clean it. It starts out very small. Yeah, and I think you even you even have a list of simple yes. things at one point. I know I bookmarked it, but now I got so many bookmarks in here. But and yeah. you'll be shocked. People go, why, did, why in boot camp are they so like about your clothes being a certain way, folding your shirt a certain way? It's building a certain kind of mindset. Through the smallest, you're like, my God, if you just make a bed a certain way every day, every day, if you shine your shoes or wear your shoes a certain, your mind starts to develop a very systematic pattern versus being slovenly. I'm just going to wake up whenever I want. There's no schedules. My life is free flowing. The second you get your mind and you shake and say, look, motherfucker, this is what we're doing today. Your mind now has a process. So whenever you go through hard times, your mind is already set up in a, in, a, in, a, in a process. It knows I'm disciplined. But when you're willy-nilly and your life is this and you wake up and you float through life and everything is fucking grandiose, your mind is not disciplined. So how the fuck are you going to handle a hard time if you never started this? Like when you read and write, you don't just start reading and writing. You start sounding words out. That's all this is. I'm not saying go to boot camp, but I'm saying you have to develop a self-discipline so then when your mind gets to those hard parts like you did at 30, your mind has self-discipline to where it processes what you went through very differently. You know, and it's funny because ultimately when I was bringing down the time between failures, it was as a result of applying some discipline that exactly. was the, that was the only it's correlation only and i just want to say on page 67 you have the list you know make your bed like you're in the military every day pull up your pants shit for you shave your head every morning cut the grass wash all dishes right so these are just kind of like it's it's sort of like uh like tony robbins once told me something on this podcast if you want to teach somebody how to shoot a gun don't put the target 100 yards away at first put it just three yards away get them to hit the bullseye every time, then put it four yards away, five yards away, and so on, which I thought was an interesting analogy. That's all it is. And it's literally like the whole thing about a dish. We're like, what's the thing about the dish? A lot of us, I guarantee you, 
You look in your kitchen sink right now, you look in your kitchen, there's something in there that you could have done a million times as you pass by that kitchen. It's having that discipline of saying, this is out of place. I'm not saying become OCD, but I'm saying this doesn't belong here. Put it up. A lot of us, it's okay if it sits out there. It's fine. It's okay if I throw my pants right there. It becomes okay. So your mind becomes very okay and undisciplined. Well, and then I, I, I really want to find this one quote. I kept, I kept reaching quotes in the book where I thought to myself, aha, this is what the book's about. <laughs> and then like 10 pages later, I oh, had another quote. Oh, this is what it's about. Yeah. So, but there was one quote in particular. Uh, actually, there's a lot of quotes, but they were all kind of, okay. This is the, the point where the commanding officer is talking to you uh, uh, or talking to the audience, the, the people who are graduating. He says, in a society where mediocrity is too often the standard and too often rewarded, there is intense fascination with men who detest mediocrity, who refuse to define themselves in conventional terms, and who seek to tr transcend traditionally recognized human capabilities. And he said, this is exactly the type of person, you know, someone who graduates from Navy SEALs is becoming. Right. And so what I'm wondering is, is the flip side of greatness mediocrity? Um, As opposed to, hey, I might want to have, you know, I might not be great, but I'm going to have a, a good life of well-being in a variety of ways. I don't it, believe you can ever think that way. And I'll probably piss a lot of people off. No, I mean, you, this is what, you, this is the heart of it, though. You, you cannot think that way. You can't ever think that way. Um, you must never give yourself a way out and say, I'm, this is a good life. I'm, I'm good here. This is good. You, you can never be satisfied with the life. You must always find your new 100%. Yeah, I'm not running 100-mile races right now. I'm not going through SEAL training right now, nor do I want to. I have to find my new 100%. You are constantly, if, if you are just living a life that you're nice and comfortable in, you're not going to totally reach the, your full expect. Like we have this cap somewhere. It's somewhere. We all have one. You're, with, with that mindset, you're never going to reach there. And the whole thing about, you know, we live in a society where mediocrity is often rewarded. We do. Those people who you were talking about, you know, you know, you know what? Do I have to be great? You know, what's, you, know like, you have to find what greatness is in yourself. If you liked what you heard, please go on over and check out David and James' full interview, number 421, Never Be Satisfied With Your Life, Find Your New 100%, on The James Altucher Show. Links to the episode and both their social media, as well as David's book, Can't Hurt Me, are in the show notes below. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share with someone you think might benefit. And until next time, thanks for listening.